friends, happy Galentine's slash Valentine's week. I hope you are taking just the opportunity to spend some quality time with the people you love, whether it's your gal pals or a significant other. And I wanted to give you a fun little tool to help you in that quality time with your people. I created a list of 20 questions for deeper connection that I would love to offer you for free. You can find the link in the show notes or you can go to thewildabide.com slash 20 questions. That's the letter two, zero, and questions. Now let's get back to today's episode. Welcome to the Wild Abide Podcast. I'm your host, Olivia Allness. I am so excited to lead you on this journey of shaking off shame, stirring up hope, and running after our dreams together. Let's go. Welcome, Leah, to the Wild Abide Podcast. Hello. It is so fun to have you. It's so good to be here. I love this. This is kind of our fun little Galentine's Day episode, which is perfect because you're a Galentine's Day fan. I am. Happy Galentine's Day, everybody. Best day of the year. Best day of the year. (laughs) This podcast is going to be entirely made up of Parks and Rec references. Yes. So if you can't keep up, get out. No, I'm kidding. You're welcome here. Um, We are so excited to have you. We have our tea. We're sitting in Leah's cute kitchen at her table. And where do you live, Leah? I live in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. fun. It's been an adventure being out here. It absolutely has been. Where are you from originally? I'm originally from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. That's so cool. And yeah. what do you do in Vegas? I um, am the worship director at an awesome little church called Grace City. It's pretty fun. It's pretty great. It's beautiful. So I want to get started by you telling our listener, a little bit about the story of our friendship. (laughs) Okay, sounds good. Um, So yeah, so Olivia and I uh, both found ourselves out in Las Vegas for an internship in 2015, which is crazy that it's five years ago. Wild. We've gotten old. So Um, old. So old. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I I just got sent out here on an internship and you chose to come out here. Yeah. Totally did not. It was the Lord absolutely dragged me out here. Um, And there were 10 of us that were interns at the church that summer. And we had an interesting start. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like one of our first interactions might have been talking about Red Rock. Was that one of our? Yeah. So there's a beautiful mountain range out here called Red Rock Canyon. And I guess it's not the mountain range. Anyway, so beautiful place out here called Red Rock, and my family and I came out early, and we got there, and I was recounting the story to the interns that, like, we got there, and my brother made the joke of, like, who are we kidding? We're going to do the scenic drive and definitely are not going to walk into the mountains, and I remember you, like, looked at me. You were like, hmm, that's interesting. (laughs) I feel like you didn't even know what to do with that statement. The only reason I liked (laughs) Vegas was for the mountains. Right, and I'm like, I was like, oh, yeah, we, like, took some cute pictures and, like, drove around and that was it and that was like low-key horrifying to someone who loves uh to hike and to camp and for someone like me I was like oh yep that's nice from a distance and I'm a little bit more adventurous now than I was back then yes you have grown in that area and then you were also just like I just want to go on the strip and wear tutus and sequins (laughs) and I was like I don't know I I just was 
like unprepared for the person you were at first. I was a little bit Sharpay Evans. Yeah. At that point. There was definitely Sharpay, Sharpay vibes. Plus Phoebe Buffet. That's who I was somehow. Yes. Yes. That's an accurate. That's crazy. Which is not how I would describe you now. No, but that was who I was back but then. But that's how you were at 21, 22. But I was way more comfortable doing ministry on the strip where you were way more comfortable mm-hmm. talking to homeless people where I literally, I remember, <laughs> this is another comment that I think blew your mind. I remember legitimately being like, I don't know how to talk to a homeless person. Because I just remember thinking like, I'm going to be like, oh yes, my struggles with like my AC not being as cold as I want. And they're like, I'm sleeping on the ground. Like I was like, I don't know how to... I don't know how to have this conversation and you were so ready to have those conversations. So we definitely started from a place of like not knowing what to do with each other, yeah. but we're also super similar in personality. And as the summer went, it was, it, there was like definitely like, I don't want to say tension, but just misunderstanding of like, I don't know what to do with yeah. this person, but I feel like it was the goodness of God, like just building a cool testimony in us of like, you both don't have to love hiking. You both don't want to have to go talk to homeless people or go gallivanting around the strip to still have a connection through the Holy Spirit and through uh, the work that Jesus has done in both of our lives, which is where we did find connection, just going through inner healing and finding that we both struggled Mm -hmm. with similar things. And um, I remember confiding things in you that I'd never told anyone in my entire life and you confiding similar things back in me and just being like, okay, wow, God, you are so faithful and you mm-hmm. just do surprising things. And it's been five years and we, I feel like, I think we've seen each other every year yeah, since. Yeah, every year. Maybe even a couple times. I've been to Fargo twice. Yeah. You've been out here multiple times. Um, so it's just been so cool to see probably the two most unlikely interns out of the crew. To still be friends yeah, five years later. Yeah, except the yeah. interns that got married off of that trip. But, yeah, you that know. Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> but so grateful. So it grateful. was so funny because... I, it wasn't even that I disliked you. I was just like, I think, bracing myself <laughs> for us to not get along. Sure. Like, I just, I think it was like, okay, we both have very strong personalities. We're very similar and very different at the same time. How is this going to work? Yeah. And God was just really good. And I had no issues with you. Yeah. Really. Mm-hmm. And, good. and have been the intern that I have been the closest friends with since. So yeah. it is so fun. So good. Quick pause here. This is real life. This is technical difficulties. I realized that I am missing a piece of our audio. I paused and I am not 100% sure where it went. We're keeping it super real today. So I want to set up what the next part of our conversation is and just kind of give you a little transition. So Leah is going to be sharing a bit of her story about how her perspective on boys and dating has changed since college. So she's going to tell the story of what she thought and expected her life would be like when she came into college in terms of boys. That I would walk into my first class first day and lock eyes with this guy and we would both just know that we were supposed to get married and I would get married as like a freshman or sophomore and that would be that. I legitimately like, if you've ever seen, have you ever seen Hotel Transylvania? So cheesy. It's so good. I've seen like the third one, but (laughs) what? Anyway, so they do. My nephew, we watched it. (laughs) I have no children in my life to have an excuse to watch children's movies, but they like zing and that's like their like love at first sight thing. But I literally expected that type of thing or like, 
um, what's that movie? Enchanted. Like, that's what I thought was mm-hmm. going to happen. I was going to just lock eyes and be like, oh, that's my husband. And I wasted my college years mm. uh, trying to lock eyes with guys, expecting to have these moments of like, <gasps> and the, the clouds parted. Yeah. And the, the dove descended. And the Lord said, this is your husband. Like, I wasted my college years just looking for a husband. So if anyone gets anything, if you take something small from your college friends, don't waste your college years looking for a husband. God will bring you the right guy in his time. If I could say anything to like younger Leah, that would be it. Like there are worse things you could be than single. Amen. And I think that has been like the biggest thing I've learned coming back to your original question. Sorry, I'm a storyteller. Um, Go for it. But... I think what I've learned is that there are worse things to be than single. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know that for years. I thought that that was like the worst case scenario is being single in my late twenties, being single in ministry. I definitely did not want to be a single missionary. Um, But (laughs) I've seen God's goodness in it because there is a level of like, I have to cling to Jesus in different ways than I think a lot of other people do. And we all need Jesus in every season of our life from Mm -hmm. a new Christian who just got saved to the girl that's been following the Lord her whole life to the girl who's in high school to the mom with, you know, Mm -hmm. all of her dreams and her Instagrammable life to, uh, you know, the missionaries in the Middle East. We all need Jesus in a different capacity. Mm-hmm. We're all constantly desperate for him. But it's been cool in this season to need Jesus practically. Like, I bought a home in June, which was another thing I basically weren't kicking and screaming into. I was like, Lord, I don't want to be a single homeowner. I can't do it. But he's been so faithful in that and even in Isaiah where it talks about the Lord your God your maker is your husband and really holding the Lord to that like I had a day where my pipes just exploded and there was water all over my house all over like my little desert house is flooded and I just looked at it and I had this moment and I out loud said Jesus I need you to be my husband because I, if I had a husband, he would probably know something about plumbing. So you know everything about everything. Let's be real though. There's a, mo- most guys don't know anything. A about lot of guys me. don't. It's the truth. <laughs> we just gotta. But at least they that. could call the plumber, yeah. and I could and like. And you could just freak out on your own. Yes, yeah. but I was like, Jesus, I need you to be my plumber. I need you to be my husband, and it's been so cool. And I could go on for hours and hours and hours. I, I clearly won't. But like. I think my perspective has shifted into like knowing that he is more than enough. And we're talking on a good day right now. Uh, <laughs> I've had some days where it just feels like I just can't do this. But coming back to the timeless truth that Jesus is always enough. Yeah. And remembering that Jesus alone satisfies. I remember having the revelation whenever the Lord brought me that verse in Isaiah 54 about him being my husband, where I realized that even as a Christian, I've been following the Lord since I was three. Mm -hmm. I've loved Jesus my whole life. He's been my everything for as long as I can remember. And I had this moment a couple years back with that verse where I realized my whole life, even as a believer, I've been searching for someone to air quote, complete me. 
And I wouldn't have actually said that out loud, but like, Mm -hmm. oh, one day when this man, and I'll finally have worth, and I'll finally be wanted, and I'll finally, finally, finally. But it was all centered around my future husband, my future Prince Charming, and had this moment of like, Jesus, you were always the one I was waiting for. And it shifts our perspective from this place of like, why is this not happening? Why is this not happening? Or what's wrong with me? Why is this? Why is that? To like, (laughs) give me Jesus. That's really all I need at the end of the day. And someday I know I'll be able to walk into marriage with a different heart posture than I would have had the Lord said yes when I was in college. Yeah, you getting married at 18 is... Thinking this person was going to... And worth really was a lot of it. Like, this person's going to complete me. And I finally won't wonder if I'm pretty because my husband will be perfect and always say the perfect thing. Like, I had this... Like, my future husband, dear future husband, be glad you didn't come sooner. Like, I would have... This poor man would have missed so many expectations that were not fair for me to have. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's really taught me, like, no, my affirmation comes from Christ and Christ alone. Because people fail. People fail each other constantly. And so it's just... I feel like the Lord has totally shifted my perspective from like this person who will be my everything and complete me to someday I'll have someone that I'll be able to chase after Jesus with and I'll be able to chase after the plans and purposes that the Lord has for me and a future family. But I can stand on my own two feet, just me and Jesus. And that will always be enough. Amen. One thing that you did that I feel like 18 year old Leah would have been shocked by is you went to the Middle East. I did. As a single female in her 20s. And I just want you to tell me a little bit more what that was like. (laughs) Yes. I actually think... I'm sorry, I'm trying to think about, like, what would have 18 Leah, 18-year-old Leah have thought? Like, I've always wanted to go to the nations, but yes, mm-hmm. as a single person, like, traveling to somewhere, I was in Iraq um, earlier in March, and it was such a cool time. Every time I travel, I feel like that's my love language with the Lord, where he's Same. like, yes, it's so good. I'm like, Lord, you love me so much, you brought me to, insert place here. Yeah, so it was definitely a good experience of, like, trusting the Lord in a hard and dark place in the nations. And it also, oh, this gets me fired up. We're, we're, you asked. So yeah. it also really stirred my heart for the lack of men in the nations because mm-hmm. I currently have two friends that are single girls who are living in Iraq. Where are the boys? <laughs> it drives me bonkers. Um, I've heard two different statistics about missions. The first one is in the nations, it's 10 girls to one guy. That's wild. Which like single boys, hello. If you want to find a godly, adventurous, powerful wife, go to the Go nations. and get off your couch and go to another country and serve the Lord there and you'll probably find one. Yep. Yep. Just a pro tip. <clears throat> yep. If any, if any boys are listening to this, I don't know. Right. It's mostly girls, but girls. Or any girls send that have brothers. To, yeah, send this or... to your brother. Send this to uh, any of your guy friends yes. that are complaining about being single. Right. I don't know where the girls are. They're in the nations fulfilling the Great Commission. That's where they are. Join them. I've heard that statistic, and I've also heard the statistic, statistic that in the nations, it's 75% families, 25% single girls zero single guys. So, Whoa. Um, so that, that trip, I think that was actually the biggest thing 
on the topic of singleness that I took away, like we even met a, an Iraqi woman who is a believer and she gave her life to Jesus through a dream and is like running this amazing orphanage for uh, ISIS orphans and we like were praying for her because she needs a house because she has to currently drive like two hours a day to the orphanage and we're praying for her and we were praying for a house and she said no please don't pray for a house pray for a husband because it's not safe for me to have my own house yet because I need a husband and I was like okay so this is an international struggle (laughs) um but it was like just a great time of laying hands on her and praying for a godly man and seeing that that is um it's a worthy thing to pray for I think sometimes we feel like we can't pray for that so but that's a whole nother side tangent but yes going to the nations with just Jesus as my defender super awesome so what would you say to a girl who maybe has like a heart for missions for the nations, um, for you maybe doing something like you're doing, which you aren't, you know, overseas, but you're in a city across the country from your family, and you know, there's not, I think in a lot of churches, there's not a huge surplus of single dudes in their mid to late twenties. Sure. Um, but what about girls who are just nervous about the cost of going and serving Jesus, of stepping outside of their comfort zones and worrying about that cost specifically when it comes to boys and dating and, you know, eventually finding a husband and all those pieces? Like, what encouragement would you want to give them? Yeah, that <laughs> that's a great question. Um, and it's definitely one... Uh, I remember being in college and the Lord calling me to Vegas and knowing I was going to support Raise and knowing I was going to be a missionary. And I remember being in my prayer closet. I remember it was clear as day. And I remember like being on my knees, crying out to the Lord and saying, Lord, are you really going to ask me to be a single missionary? I do not want that. I do not want to do it. And I just felt, I just felt such a yes. I felt such a call. Um, but I felt his kindness and I felt his understanding. I think we forget that like Jesus understands and um, and so and so I think I would say to anyone who feels called and and they're single and they're weighing that cost like count the cost. Scripture says count the cost. Yep. Don't ignore it. I think sometimes in church culture where we forget that we're allowed to count the cost. But at the end of the day, I believe everything comes down to worth. Everything comes down to worth. What's it worth to you? And what's Jesus worth to you? Because at the end of the day, he is ultimately worth dying for. And I have a friend who once talked about how, like, sometimes being martyred can be more attractive than living it out. I can we can we can sign up for like yeah Lord I'll I'll smuggle Bibles into Asia and I'll die for the gospel, but am I willing to walk out daily obedience? And um, I think it comes down to like Jesus is worthy of both those things. In this season of my life, I've found myself um, needing a a mantra, for lack of a better word. Mm-hmm of Jesus is worthy of my life laid down and my life lived out before him. That's good. 
and really needing to hold on to, Lord, I'm going to live out my life before you. What brings you joy? What brings your heart pleasure? And often it's obedience. Scripture says he desires obedience over sacrifice. Mm -hmm. And so if you are feeling called to the nations, I just want to encourage you to remember Remember that he's worthy. Uh, we spend a lot of time in the book of Revelation uh, here at my church. Currently, um, with I, I'm a part of a ministry called Burn 24-7. And our, our little part of Burn out here in Vegas, we spend a lot of time in the book of Revelation. Because uh, sometimes we can forget like what's going to happen and that it's going to happen soon. Jesus said it was soon. That was 2,000 years ago. So we're 2,000 years closer than we've ever been before to the second coming and, and holding fast to the fact that it all begins on the declaration of his worthiness. All of the end times, it all unravels out of the declaration of worthy is the lamb who was slain. And I think when we look at that, we're able to do anything. There's nothing Jesus can ask me to do that he's not worthy of. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's being faithful at my church every day every Sunday when there's part of me that I'm like I want to quit and go to the nations and travel the world and do all these things but Jesus has asked for my faithfulness but he's also worthy of leaving home Mm -hmm. and and I remember even when I first came out here my thing in my heart was like Jesus is worthy of leaving home for and so are lost people and like if I can be honest uh You'll get to the point where you're like, I don't care about people because I'm burned out and I'm exhausted and life is hard. Mm-hmm. And and you'll get to the point where it's like, I don't know. I don't know. So God, you'll get them somehow, I guess. I don't, I can't bear that burden. But the worthiness of Jesus never fades. And even in hard struggles of leaving home and wondering if you're ever going to find a husband, Jesus is worthy. He's worthy of your singleness being a gift offered back to him and not this thing that we hate and that we covet. And boy, am I preaching to myself right now, (laughs) but, um, he's so worthy. He's so worthy of your yes and your singleness. And don't, don't, don't wait until you're married to live your life. I'm so grateful that I, that the Lord pushed me out of my hometown and into the calling that he had for me out here because there was part of me that I was like, oh, and then when I get married, I'll do this. And when I get married, I'll do that. And I still feel that tension in my heart. But, like, I've traveled the world. I've been yeah. all over the place. I've done awesome things. Mm-hmm. As a single person, I went to – this is a fun one. This is less missional, and this is yeah, just, like, life fun. as a single person. <laughs> totally. uh, just lighten the mood off of, like <laughs> – just for a moment. I went to Paris uh, with some friends. And we were there because my old roommate was getting proposed to in Paris, and she didn't know. Like, it was amazing. And it was this awesome moment, Uh, but I ended up being the seventh wheel on a trip in Paris. Like, you want to talk about romance? Like, Paris is the most romantic city in the world, and I'm there with three couples. And it was this thing where I was like, I had my moment. I'm like, Lord, this is so hard. But then he shifted my perspective, and I was like, I'm in freaking Paris, and Jesus is my boyfriend, and we're having a great time. And, like, the Lord pursued me in Paris to the point where there are days still. That was over a year ago. And there are days still where I'm like, oh, Lord. Oh, that was the best trip ever, and you were just the best person to be there with. Mm-hmm. And I know that someday I'll love traveling with my husband, but I, 
I, I don't want to I don't want to put my life on hold for that person. I want to live fully alive in everything that Jesus has for me here and now. So that would be my my encouragement. Yeah, and I, like I, I like I love being married and having an adventure buddy, but it was way easier to take adventures when I was single. Yeah. Like way easier cuz I could just decide I want to do this and I just did it. And I didn't ask anyone. <laughs> Yes. And I didn't have to consult anyone, and there was no one else's, like, vacation days to worry about or, like, plan out methodically, like, okay, we have this many days for this whole year. How the heck do we spend them, and how do we get the most bang for our buck, and, yeah. like, all these things, or even, like, Caleb, someone who likes the idea of traveling, but actually the, like, making it happen yeah. is, like, a hard hurdle, and so I'm, I'm still the one to, like, initiate all those plans and I was like man it was so much easier to actually do it when I was single yeah and so yeah don't wait for Mm -hmm. your husband to have adventures and to do fun things because it doesn't actually get easier in a lot of ways yeah in in that area yeah and Jesus really is the best adventure buddy like totally I've really learned such a such a discipline of inviting him on every adventure or seeing every adventure as he invited me on Mm -hmm. it and and really taking those moments of like like human moments that you would say to a friend like oh look at that being like oh Jesus that's so beautiful you made that wow like I was just flying out of LA and like you shoot across like up over the shoreline and out over the ocean to turn around and I was like Jesus you made all this and you brought me here this is amazing thanks for that like because yeah. sometimes I think we think prayer needs to be something that it like isn't mm-hmm. but like I want to talk to Jesus like he's my husband because scripture says he is and one day we're all gonna be at the wedding supper together but having that mentality of like I'm going on an adventure with Jesus yeah which I still being married need to take solo trips I'm out here on a solo trip yeah and it's like very good for my soul to actually just take solo trips and the first one I took after I got married I was like Jesus I miss this like I miss just being us and being able to be focused in on yeah on that connection so there's so much beauty to that Okay, ready for some Instagram questions? (laughs) Yes, bring it on. We're going to go through these a little quicker. Okay, great, yes. Instagram, let's go. Okay. One of these, the first question, the first question we're going to tackle is, how can I best prepare for my future husband? And some of these we can talk out. We don't, it doesn't have to be like, yeah one of us monologuing um I feel like it's it's kind of what we already said of like you are you need to prepare for the wedding day when the bride is united with Christ yeah and in that process you'll become the best future wife that you could ever be Mm -hmm. when you're working out like I don't want to live with this sin anymore in my life. I don't want to live with pride. I don't want to live with this. And I want to be more patient and kind. And I want to be like Jesus. That is the best thing you can do for your future spouse is prepare yourself for the moment that you'll see Jesus face to face, the moment that we'll come together as the bride. That is my current piece of advice. I would amen that. I would say pursue Jesus and adult. Like, yes. in a nutshell, I think every, whether you are single your entire life or you get married at 19, I think there's the same just life things. Yeah. Learn how to communicate. I was, learn, yeah. Mm-hmm. Learn how to get along with your roommates. Mm-hmm. 
learn how to handle conflict, learn how to even just do some of the not-so-fun, glamorous stuff of, like, budgeting. Or, like, you're learning in this season so much about, like, home ownership mm-hmm. and, like... I've learned a lot about the plumbing situation. Yeah, plumbing. <laughs> and, like, some of those adulting things are actually just right. huge gifts. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't really matter entirely if you're single or married. But I think yeah, we all go through similar adulting processes of, like, how do I balance life yeah. and work and friends and spirituality and all the pieces yeah and ask your friends like how you can grow in communication like I thought I was a great communicator uh but then I had a roommate who didn't like conflict Mm -hmm. and that was new to me because I'm Italian and so conflict in my house was like we would yell it out and then we would you know we would be fine like five minutes later (laughs) and so having a roommate who like hated the thought of conflict, I was like, Ooh, I've got to, I have to consider her in this. And it's taught me a lot about how do I communicate in a healthy way? And how do I communicate knowing someone else might not want to communicate the same way that I do. I think that's going to help in marriage a ton. Totally. Next question. How do you know it's the right time to date versus being comfortable being single? I'm going to be really honest. I don't understand the sentiment (laughs) of being super comfortable single. I feel like I'm always like, I'm content with where the Lord has me, but I, I would, I would leave this uh, train station, uh, quickly if I could. (laughs) I don't want to lie. So maybe you have something to say to this one. I... single god bless you (laughs) um i think part of it is that like are you in a place where you don't where you want to date or not and who are the options around and kind of what's the process like there's no shame in wanting a spouse or wanting to date like there's nothing wrong with that but there's also nothing wrong with looking at your life and just being like "Mm." I don't know if I really want that right now. Or, like, I don't know if that's really a high priority. Or, like, I would... Some people are just like, you know what? I'm not ready to give up this thing that would have to be given up in order to invest into a serious relationship. And I think that would be counting the cost, for sure. Which we all have to do with every choice we make in life. Like, we just talked about going to the nations. But, like, you know, if you're rocking it and you're, Mm -hmm. you're running hard and fast after everything God's called you to... And this guy comes around who wants to slow you down from everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably not it's the okay. person to count the cost for. Yeah. But but there is also a, a tension of like, mm-hmm. if it is the right guy and he's able to speak into like, I think you're running hard and fast after way too much and you might need to pump the brakes. Yeah. Counting the costs in that way. Totally. Yeah. It depends on the person. Yep. Like depends on both. I mean the girl in the situation, but it also depends on the dude coming in. Yes. Like, it depends on, uh, you know, how you guys even interact together and how it works in that season. But I do remember right before, the year before I met Caleb, I felt like God told me I was going to be single for the next year, and I wasn't very happy about it. It wasn't even like I had an option or a choice. I ended up still having some crushes that year and stuff. But the Lord was just like, I, I wasn't asking you to be single for me. I was just telling you. Yeah. giving you a heads up that that's that's what we're doing right now <laughs> and I was like mm, okay thanks 
And it was so weird because it was probably one of the least content seasons of my life I've been single during. Mm. Even though I knew that that was what I was supposed to be. And it was so funny because right when I left on my first international trip to Rwanda, I had two boys ask me out on the same day. And I hadn't had any interest for years. And one of them was a hard no. And the other one, I initially said yes because I was kind of caught off guard and flattered. And then I went on my trip to Rwanda, and I just remember being like, God, if it doesn't change the world, I don't want it. Mm. Like, I don't want to date someone that I don't believe is going to make me better and is going to further the call that God has in my life. Like, it just didn't feel worth it. And I also just made a rule in my my heart that I was like, I'm not going to date people I wouldn't want to be friends with. Like, yeah, that's if, someone, a good rule. if someone asked me on a date and I didn't, I haven't thought like, mm, I would really like to get to know this person and like be friends with them. Mm-hmm. Why would I bother going on a date with them? Right. But the funny thing is that that season was so weird. Like the six months before I met Caleb where I, I was like, uh, I don't know if I want boys if, unless they're like really awesome. But then I was also getting to the end of college and I was like, I feel like I should be dating cause it's the end of college. And like. Right. This seems like the socially appropriate time to be dating. Right. And I remember even downloading a few dating apps and like trying those and being like, "This is the most awkward thing I've ever experienced oh, in my whole they're life." So crazy. They're so and some people like have great, like are going into it in a great heart place and they're able to like meet people. Yeah. But I was just like, "This is so awkward." But the Lord was definitely, I think, preparing my heart in a weird way to meet Caleb and yeah, to be ready and. I was in a place where I was open to like getting to know people. Right. And that was definitely like helpful because he just kind of came out of nowhere. Right. Um, but we didn't have a lock eyes and <laughs> zing moment. <laughs> I actually walked away from the first time I met him thinking, oh, Starbucks employees are just so friendly and nice. <laughs> That's amazing. I didn't know I just met my husband. But I want to add one more thing in yeah. that. I just, I feel this in my heart that it needs to be mentioned. And maybe it's just for one person. Maybe mm-hmm. it's just me feeling this. But, man, if you love Jesus, don't settle for a guy who might go to church with you. Yeah. Or might kind of, oh, no, yeah, I kind of, sort of. Like, you need a man who loves Jesus and mm-hmm. looks like Jesus. You want to be with someone who the way that they treat you, the way that they respond to you, makes you go, like, wow, Jesus. And you're even better. And that was amazing. That interaction I just had with this man makes me think about the character of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Do not try to date someone and try to get them saved. Do not try to date someone thinking like, oh, well, maybe if I take them to church, it'll be, you don't, just be their friend then if you're going to do that. Just be a good friend, but Mm -hmm. don't missionary date. No. I've seen too many friends crash and burn over it. I've seen bad relationships start uh, and then boundaries get crossed and just, um, so... God has a good guy for you. And go into dating knowing that he's worth giving up for the sake of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like, keep that in your heart that, like, obedience and, like, following Jesus is going to be more important that, than that relationship. Yeah. And that's kind of that counting that cost that you're like, okay, you know what? Like, no matter how great he is, this might end in me sacrificing him if that's 
Yeah. Not literally sacrificing. Don't take it that <laughs> way. <laughs> no Isaac right. on the mountain situations here. No. But just the willingness to let go. Because I even, when I started dating Caleb, we just kind of landed in some different places on some stuff with the Holy Spirit and, and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I was really nervous that I was going to be, like, too radical for him. Mm-hmm. And that I just was going to that he wasn't going to like maybe catch up. I air quotes that because yes. it's not about catching up, but I was just nervous that we might express our faith too differently. Right. And it was so funny though, but I saw that he, his heart was tender. He loved Jesus and he loved people. And so I was like, you know what, Lord, either this is going to be a story where I am going to have to give him up for the sake of the call right. of God in my life and the way that I feel like the way that I feel is right for me to follow Jesus or there's going to be change and growth that happens in him and that's going to be wonderful too and I'm really thankful that we were on the side of the change and growth like I brought him to the church that I was attending and I was like I don't have any plans to leave this church right and he wound up becoming a pastor there a year later so and I think it really like you'd never know yeah but don't go into it assuming they're going to change no there's going to just like, yeah, yeah, count the cost. And it's not so much the question of like, look, I love that you said like wondering, is he going to catch up? But it's not so much like, are we at the same level? It's, are we mm-hmm. on the same road? Yeah. And I had, I had a mentor speak that over me one time when I was like considering this one guy, because there was that feeling of like, I feel like I'm further ahead or something and not in a prideful way, but mm-hmm. there, there is just that reality in certain areas of, of our walk, but it wasn't, they challenged me okay, just because you feel like you're spiritually more ahead, that's this season. Next season, you might take a hit, and he might leap and bound ahead of you. We did that. (laughs) Right. A lot of couples do, but it's asking the the question of, are we on the same path or not? Like, we're either both going after this, you know, going after the Lord, this capacity, da-da-da-da-da, or we're not. And that's okay if the answer is the or not. And it's okay There are worse things to be than single. There's worse things to be than single. (laughs) Amen. And it's okay, like, you might find that you're like, wow, we have very different values in what we even appreciate in a church. Right. Or we, there, I, there were some things from the beginning that I told Caleb, I was like, yep, these are deal breakers, and I tried to flesh them out pretty early, because I was like, mm, it's not going to work if, yeah. if we don't agree, and whereas I could totally do ministry with someone who disagrees with me on that, but I'm not going to live my life with them. Right. And so, there's a lot. Okay, so going on to the next question. Next question. We're both We tackled it a little bit, but... <laughs> It's how do you meet people? How important is the first date? And just a question, dating apps? <laughs> oh. Dating apps, question mark, is a vibe. <laughs> I'm going to start with dating apps, question yeah. mark. Uh, be careful. Be careful. I've had some friends have some success. Mm-hmm. I've had, let's, let's be honest, I've had one friend have success. I have one friend who got yeah. married. Um, I've had other friends who could write books on their terrible experiences. So be honest about why you're on it. I, can I be super candid? I had a Tinder in college. If I'm, Mm -hmm. if I'm honest, I didn't know fully what it was. I thought it was a dating app. I found out years later it was more of a hookup app. And I, 
a lot of odd conversations happened and I learned a lot. Actually, yeah. I had to Google what people were saying to me a lot of the times because I had no clue. But I realized my main reason for being on Tinder, being on, what is it, Bumble? I don't remember what they all are. I think Bumble's the friend one. Anyway, it was because I wanted validation. When I saw that I connected with someone, mm-hmm. I was like, oh my gosh, they think I'm pretty. They think this. I was worth a swipe right. And the Lord super convicted. Because I had no business being on there. Mm-hmm. I was not going to find a guy who wanted to be in full-time ministry with me on Tinder. I just wasn't. No. But I was on that app for a terrible heart motive of I want to be validated. I want somebody to just say, you are worth my swipe right. And so just check your heart. Be super careful. People are so creepy and weird. Yeah. Be so careful. I had careful. a roommate once who was like, who gave a guy our address on her first date. Don't do it. Us up. Don't do that. Meet, if you're going to go on a, in a dating app, meet in a public place in daylight, preferably. Daylight. Drive separately Drive so separately. you can get away if you need to. Yep. And go to, don't go to like a movie date. No, weird. Like alone yeah. in the dark. No. Like go get coffee and talk. And if that person is worth your time, they're not going to be afraid of having it an hour conversation with you. And you can even set a boundary. Like if you, yeah. if you want to set a boundary right away, you can even verbally do that. Like my mom mm-hmm. told me, now this was like back in the seventies or eighties. She said she, in college, some guy asked her out and she looked him square in the face and said, I'll go out with you, but I want you to know I am not having sex with you. And he went, never mind, and walked away. Oh my gosh, like, that's savage. <laughs> I know. Wait, I think she was actually on the date and she said that to the guy. And he, oh, yeah. he like left dinner or something weird. And she was like, all right, I'm going to finish eating. But <laughs> but you can be it's honest with guys. Like there are guys who just want to hook up. That's the culture we live in. We yep. live in a quick, fast, and easy hookup culture. Uh, don't fall for it and speak your boundaries up front. Yeah. Amen. Um, how important is the first date? Meh. Give or take, I don't know. I think, I think you should enjoy yourself. If it's super painfully awkward, like probably just move on. (laughs) But if you just like have fun and treat it like you're meeting up with a friend for the first time, yeah. Like, don't put too much pressure on it in the beginning, especially if you don't know each other well yet. Mm -hmm. It's one thing if you're like. Uh, no, still, if you're, like, friends and transitioning into a relationship, still, don't put much pressure on it. Just have fun. Yeah. I, I've i actually never been on a first date, mm-hmm. if I'm honest. So, But I can speak to, like, I've watched friends go on first dates. And my one, uh, my one super great friend, uh, her name's Hannah, she went on a date with our worship pastor. And she came back from the date and was like, mm, that was, mm. Uh, yeah, I just felt like friends and probably not going to do that again. And I was like furious. I was like, no, he's a great guy. You need to give him another chance. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> um, but their first date was like super, like it felt friend zone She wasn't yeah. sure. Um, but they gave it another chance and went on another date and they uh, actually got married about four months ago. So first dates do not define no. everything. I think we've fallen so captive into like fairy tale culture and rom-com, which I love. Mm-hmm. I have friends who say that my life is a rom-com, but I feel like it's more calm than rom. But <laughs> we fall captive into rom-com culture where it's like, oh, these awkward but mm-hmm. cute little meet-cutes. And it's like, they're not, it's not always going to be that way. So have no. grace for the first date. Yes. And how do you meet people? I would say live your life fully. Mm. 
and you might just be surprised. Like, I, I was in a place where I thought I knew all the Christian boys in, like, my city and kind of felt like I had a good grip of, like, who was dateable, and I wasn't going to date any of them. <laughs> and then my Starbucks barista ended up having a little crush on me and ended up dating him and marrying him. So, like... Weird things happen, which is, is a meet-cute. I had a meet-cute, but... You did. It's fine. I wasn't trying to have a meet-cute. It just happened. Um, so, I think, honestly, like, don't, don't sit at home and wonder why God hasn't brought you a person. <laughs> like, he's not going to just, like, deliver... You, don't, you can't Uber Eats a boyfriend. <laughs> I would have, yeah. <laughs> Godly husband, uh, coming right up. <laughs> we'll be arriving at your door in four minutes. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, if oh. I had a matchmaking service, it's what I would do. I would yes. just deliver quality uh, husband Perfect. material yes. to my single female friends' doors. I would appreciate that. Yeah, and they would come help fix plumbing. You know? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I also heard someone say once, and. Of course, this isn't, like, a, a great rule of thumb. Like, it's not a perfect rule of thumb. But I heard someone say, like, try to meet people where you want to be. Yeah. Like, don't go to a bar and be like, I'm going to find this amazing godly man here at this bar tonight. Not that bars are evil. Not that it's... But you, but your percentage chances really are low. a lot lower than if you show up at yeah. Heaven Come Conference. Yes. Like, yes. The trendy, hipstery yeah. Christian boys are there. I promise. Um, so I would encourage you, like, don't, don't go looking in the world to find a godly man because mm-hmm. ugh, you're probably not going to find him there. You might. No. Because random things happen, like cute, amazing baristas that mm-hmm. are perfectly wonderful. Um, but the bar scene and the club scene, I've, I've seen so many Christian girls just mm-hmm. fall into that. And because we want to be loved, we want to be cherished, when those things start happening, especially if you haven't dated much, I've seen girls mm-hmm. who had very little attention given to them by boys fall headlong into just really worldly cultures of yeah. like these guys that are giving attention. So, And sometimes Christian boys... They can either be real thirsty or they give, like, no attention to anyone. And it's very confusing. And so it's really... And the thirsty ones usually yeah, either completely get friend-zoned by everyone because they just come off as too desperate. Right. Or they get married really young. Right. Um, and so I feel like there's there can be a lot of caution in church circles about, like, even just asking someone out on a date and... Right. Also, there's the fear of, like, okay, if I ask someone out on a date, are they going to think we're getting married? Right. So, like, you know, I understand where boys get scared, but right. it's also, it's okay to date. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Yep. It's good. And ask the Lord where to go. Where do I meet boys, Lord? Where do I go? Where's my future husband, Lord? Where should I go? And just be obedient in the little things, because mm-hmm. one day the Lord might tell you to go to Starbucks at 2.30, and then boom. Yeah. Who knows? You never know. Okay. How to know he's the one, but also the person said, not saying there's only one out there. Like, sure. we'll just dismantle that myth, myth super quickly. There's not one person in the whole... Oh, Leah might feel differently, actually. I do! I don't believe there's one person in the whole world that you are perfectly meant to be with. I think there's lots of people you could be compatible with, but God knows who you're going to end up with. Right. And I think he cares about it. 
and he cares very deeply about who we wind up with. But I don't believe that, like, out of all 7 billion people on the planet, if I would have married someone other than Caleb, I would have been disobedient to the Lord. Yeah. You know, or that he's the only person in the whole planet that I could have been and I think, happy and obedient with. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think that... Uh, for the for the sake of not having a big huge crazy theological conversation <laughs> i i do believe that there is a best mm-hmm. and i have seen <laughs> i've honestly seen people walk into marriages and i just mm-hmm. remember thinking like i don't believe this is god's best for you i think yeah. that you are settling and i don't think this is god's best and um and that's a painful thing as a friend. And what was cool is the Lord actually charged me of like, you need to pray and fast for them and pray. And I think that God, God's so sovereign and he's so good. And I think he course corrects if we make mm-hmm. a mistake. So, cause I do think there's pressure of like, I have to find the one or what if that was the one and I just mess it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are not that powerful to like totally derail God's plan for your life and to totally screw up everything that he has for you. Like, God is big and mighty and and able to save. So uh, I think the one adds pressure that doesn't need to be there. Mm -hmm. I think that exactly what you said of like, God knows who we're going to end up with. Mm -hmm. And he's working all things together for our good and for their good as well. Um, So the question was, how do we know we found the one? Yeah. I think I think it is that that thing of like really pursuing the Lord. Talk to people. Talk to people. Mm-hmm. Talk to wise people. Yes. Not everyone needs to speak into your life. Mm-hmm. Not everyone needs to speak into a relationship. But um, and this is the single person in the room talking. But I've made mistakes, and the the worst heartache I ever walked through was because I did not listen to people. People literally said to me, this is bad. This is not good. You two would not be good together. This person is not in a good place. This is bad. And I just want to be like, no, 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 no. You don't know him like I do. And like, listen to wise counsel. Listen to wise counsel. Don't be afraid to ask people. And don't be afraid, like Liv said, to lay it down when it's not right. Mm-hmm. And I think... When we submit it to wise counsel, when we bring it to people and say, hey, this is what I'm feeling, this is what I'm seeing. The last time I liked a guy, I literally went to my pastor and his wife mm-hmm. and a mentor in my life, and I handed them an imaginary veto button <laughs> and said, if you see <laughs> these red flags or these things come up, because love is so blinding a lot of the time, where we, when we choose to see the best in people, which we ought to do, yeah. sometimes we miss huge things that we we just aren't seeing whether it's out of like I just love them or like I just don't want to be single anymore when we give permission for people to speak and I think that's where we find ourselves able to land on the target of God's best yeah we did we did that when we were considering the engagement we talked I mean we just made sure we talked with the important people in our life Mm -hmm. it wasn't that everyone got a vote or a say yeah but we intentionally asked kind of the people who would be in our wedding party. Yeah. And then a few just like people older than us that we really respected and appreciated and were like, do you think this is a good idea? Like, do you think, is there any like concerns that you see? Is, um, I really do think that people can oftentimes see things from the outside that yeah. 
we don't always sometimes see in the middle because we can be blinded, but also trust your gut and the Holy Spirit too. That's a lot of it. And just, oh, I don't know. I don't, I want to say go for it. <laughs> it's not the best answer, but I mean, like there's, there's beauty in taking it seriously, but also not overthinking it to death. And seeing the fruit. Yeah. Because the the bad the bad relationship that I was referencing, like the fruit of it was I was like depleted emotionally. Um I and and that was like during the air quotes good times, like mm-hmm. this guy was taking everything from me emotionally and um just was so drained and just so exhausting spiritually and like it was not a life-giving situation. Yeah. And so check the fruit of your relationship. Mm-hmm. Are others looking to you and saying like, wow, I see godliness there. I see Christ-likeness. Or are you coming to the end of yourself and is this is this breaking you? And not in a, and mm-hmm. the end of yourself in a way of like, I Humbly just... serving. Yeah, yeah. like humble hum, humility and like, I feel but like, like mental breakdown. Yeah, yeah. Like, what is voice should not be giving you mental breakdown, or else you shouldn't be marrying them. Right. Yep. So really, look. That's at, a very broad brush straight statement. But <laughs> okay, one last question. I love this because I I did bring up this one slightly to you beforehand. The rest of the questions have been super off the cuff, um, and you said that you have some fascinating insight into this. Oh. Someone asked as a topic to talk about. How to guard your heart in all stages. Singleness, dating, engaged, and all. Talk about the scripture of guarding your heart. Yeah. <laughs> so the proverb about guarding your heart is actually in reference to wisdom. Mm-hmm. So um, not letting worldly wisdom into your heart. Not being like, oh, well, a Buddhist said this, but this is still good advice. You don't need that. You need Jesus. You need wisdom that is from Holy Spirit and rooted in the word. And so when I look at that verse, because I wrestled for years, because there are going to be times in relationships where giving more, giving more of your heart, I was going to say of yourself, but mm-hmm. giving your heart in, in extending love, extending compassion, um, and, can, and extending part of yourself to someone is going to be that healing thing and that Christ-like thing. And I had someone at my church uh, talking to me recently and they said, you know, Jesus actually never guards his heart ever. When we look at the gospel, we see Jesus saying, here's all of me knowing, knowing full well, this is Jesus who's sovereign and he knows full well how many people are going to walk away, how many people are not going to choose him, but he gives everything everything, every time. He always gives it all. Um, man, even in my own life. And like I said, I've been walking with the Lord for 23 years. Um, I know there have been so many times I have not, I've not chosen Jesus and I've broken his heart, but he, so, so if it was the, if we were telling Jesus to guard his heart, Mm -hmm. yikes, like, well, I don't even know what that would look like. Would he be like, well, you've broken my heart one too many times and we're done here. Like, But Jesus loves with this um, unguarded, full access. And of course, 
emotional boundaries are different. And you're not saying to date toxic people. Cause, right. Because you were just talking about, like, when you're right. emotionally and spiritually depleted in a relationship, not a great sign. Right. Not a great sign. But when we're cool. saying, like, oh, I don't want to let, I don't want to let somebody in because... I'm supposed to be guarding my heart. Right, yeah. right. Or I, like, I can't extend this, I can't love somebody because they might hurt me, like... I just don't see that as like Christ likeness. Mm-hmm. Wisdom is one thing. Like I'm not giving my heart to everyone. I'm not just like, oh, whoever and all the time. But like I don't have this thing of like, you have to earn my like permission to be loved by me. Mm-hmm. I wanna love people freely. And in that I wanna see other people being set freed. And so I think, um, I think guarding your heart to me, like in that wisdom part and like what am I letting in? I actually would take it from another side and say, like, guard your imagination. Yeah. Guard your thoughts. Like, if you, if, if every guy you ever have a crush on, you imagine him, you know, you cooking dinner and him walking in the front door and him, him saying, honey, I'm home, and the kid's running up to him, like, you are going to get yourself messed up. Because that's just a, it's an unsafe thing to do. Because you're going to build up this thing and... That's a bigger letdown than like, oh, I imagined a coffee date and then he didn't want to take me to coffee. So mm-hmm. I would almost say like, guard your imagination. We want to love freely. We want to love, yeah. you know, the, I love the quote, throw love around like it's confetti. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would prefer sparkles, but, um, but throwing love around like it's sparkles. I want to, I want people to know that they have full permission uh, to share their heart that I'll share mine and I'll love them and I'll meet them there. But holding fast to remembering that Christ is enough, mm-hmm. that this person is not going to be what I live and die on, and guarding my mind mm-hmm. from those, those wild imagination moments. And I'm totally guilty of that, of doing that. That's definitely one of my struggles as I go from zero to a thousand of like, oh, he's cute. I wonder what he would be like as a father to my children. Like, <laughs> okay, cool it. I wonder yeah. what coffee would be like. Yeah. And really guarding That's your good. mind in that process. Yeah. I think about my relationship with Caleb and then I had two other relationships before him and regrets that I have from them. Honestly, areas where I let them in and talked about deep things, hard things, family things, Mm -hmm. like where I like loved people and was willing to receive love, even in a platonic way within relationships, you know, like not always even just super romantic. But when I think about those situations, like I don't actually regret Mm -hmm. opening up to people. I don't regret letting them in, even if they're people I haven't talked to in years and years now. You know, and I think about Caleb early on is like my regrets from dating have, (laughs) we're going to be really real. My regrets from dating have more to do with how much time we spent making out watching Parks and Rec than um, the really deep emotional conversations I let him into early on in dating. Yeah. You know, like, let's be real. Um, And so I think sometimes guarding your heart can become an excuse to, yeah, wall yourself off and close yourself up. Yeah. And... In reality, um, it is a lot more about guarding your imagination and guarding your healthy boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and but still being willing to like freely get freely freely receive. Yeah. And I remember going in my first date with Caleb, just being like, "Okay, God, what am I saying yes to? I'm saying yes to getting to know another one of your kids, mm, and I'm saying yes 
to um, just like an adventure of, okay, God, I'm taking it one step at a time and yeah. I'm just going to walk surrendered and keep my heart open yes. without running too far ahead, Yeah, which is hard. The running out ahead thing. I mean, yep. I, I wasn't the best at that always either, um, but it's good. And then once you, I think once you're into like the engaged portion, I mean, definitely be careful about some, use wisdom. That's, I think that's the biggest thing. Use wisdom, use godly counsel, yeah. do premarital, all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. But in terms of just like letting your heart fully attached to someone, don't be afraid. Yeah. Let yourself like love deeply. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. Okay. We're going to wrap up with... I'm going to I'm going to ask you three rapid fire questions. Yes, I love rapid fire questions. Okay, and if I think of more maybe I'll Oh good. I'll send more. Ooh, we're going to we're going to make these fun and cheesy, okay? Perfect. Like this? I love it. Who is your celebrity crush? Orlando Bloom, all day every day. I knew you were going to say that. Yes. You, <laughs> during our internship, we went to LA for a week, found his star. Yeah, you found Cried. his star. <laughs> But you also kept saying on repeat, if I see Orlando Bloom here, I'm going to kiss his face. Oh my gosh. I was, yeah, I was ready to tackle him. Yeah. (laughs) We didn't didn't. see him. It was fine. Mm -hmm. No kissing of Orlando Bloom happened. (laughs) It's fine, guys. (laughs) Oh man. Um, Next question. What has been the funnest moment of celebrating your friends' relationships? Ooh, I think, okay, fun or, like, best? Because I feel like, Mm. I don't know. Like, like a moment where your heart was just, like, so freaking excited. I think. And on board. Yeah, Yeah. I've been in a lot of weddings. (laughs) And the moment of praying for the bride before she Mm. walks down the aisle of, like, the picture of, like, this is the bride. Like, yeah, and, like, this is what we look like in front of Jesus, the bride. And... In those moments, the Lord always just stirs my heart of, like, their promise fulfilled is my prophecy. Mm-hmm. And I can look at them and I can say, like, God did it in your life. He's going to do it in mine. And for that reason, I can stand fully alive, fully excited, fully joyful for you in your moment. Love it. Boom. What is your favorite Leslie Nope quote? Oh, my gosh. I don't know. Oh. My favorite Leslie Nope. I always think of, I think it's Ron Swanson, but it's Parks. But he says, there's not a sadness that breakfast food can't cure. And I agree with that. Truth. In my soul. He says that too, Leslie. Does that count? Yeah. Okay, great. For sure. <laughs> oh my goodness. This has been so much fun. Yes. Um, we are going to wrap up and say goodbye for tonight. Yes. Today. It's not tonight. But someone might be listening to it in the evening. So yes. good night to you. We hope that you have a great <laughs> Valentine's Day, Valentine's Day, however you choose to celebrate it. Yeah. Um, we hope that you just make the most of whatever season you're in. Yeah. Whether it's single, dating, engaged, married, five children. I don't know. I don't know your life. But the Lord's in it. Yeah. And Jesus is still worthy. Amen. And love your people well value your friendships friends are the best that's all i have to say any last words yeah i just exactly what Liv just said he's worthy in every season of your life laid down and your life lived out 
I hope you enjoyed this conversation with my friend Leah in the spirit of Valentine's Day. If you enjoyed this episode, would you just pass it along to a friend and share it with them? It would mean so much to both me and Leah. We are praying for you and cheering